Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. It's a special podcast we put together on the weekends for you to enjoy. It's going to highlight some of our best interviews from this week from the radio show. You can hear these interviews live during the week in your local radio station. To find out where you can hear the Dan Bongino radio show near you, go to Bongino.com. Click on Station Finder, and you'll find the station nearest you. But before we get to our first interview, let me get to one of our sponsors. We really appreciate their time. Today's show brought to you by our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition and my single favorite nutrition product out there that I had a role with them. I told them to create this stuff because I love it, Field of Greens. I said to Miles, who owns uh, Brickhouse Nutrition, I said, Miles, I can't eat the fruits and vegetables all the time. They're hard to produce. I got to go cook them, and Paul and I don't have the time. I said, you've got to make the highest quality fruits and vegetables product out there and make it taste good. And that's what he did with this powder called Field of Greens. This is ground up, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables. It tastes delicious. This is wild berry. Uh, I take it twice a day. I mix it in everything. Protein shakes, green tea, water when I'm in a rush, anything. Listen, we know proper nutrition is the key to good health. No serious medical professional is going to tell you otherwise. But what's the key to proper nutrition? to rebooting your metabolism, to getting your body running efficiently. Fruits and vegetables, everybody knows that. A healthy diet, everyone knows that. The macro and the micronutrients in there, but they're hard to get and prepare. They're perishable a lot. Sometimes you're not that great of a cook. You don't want to go shopping. This is your fruit and vegetable insurance. I love this stuff. I swear by it myself. It's called Field of Greens. It's been the key to uh, my, my health. I'm in I've been doing great at 48 and I feel a lot better since I started taking it. So you want to give it a shot next time you want to see the doc and the doc says, wow, look, you lost weight. Whatever you're doing, keep it up. Let's get you started today with Field of Greens and get 15% off your first order. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Promo code Dan. Pick up Field of Greens today. My single favorite nutrition product out there. You don't have to mix and match pills or anything. Really good. BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Use promo code Dan. Pick up Field of Greens today. So first up today, we talk with General Mike Flynn about the latest revelations in the Biden document growing scandal, by the way. I'm putting the pieces together to show you how this is all connected to Ukraine, the Ukraine piggy bank, Soros' group, all of this stuff. It all winds into other countries, how they do business with the United States, the Obama administration. It's such a big scandal. Don't miss this interview. All right, I believe it's the first time we've spoken on uh, my radio show. Certainly not the first time we've spoken, however, or interviewed a uh, surreal American patriot, a guy who has uh, really got the shaft by the deep state himself, uh, Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Uh, General, welcome to the show. We appreciate your time. Hey, Dan, thanks very much for having me on. I think this is the first time I've spoken to your, to your radio show, so thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. So you have been um, a victim of uh, probably the biggest deep state plot of all. Um, I, I want you just to lay out, I'm going to lay out my theory about you while you're here. And I want you to tell me where I'm going wrong and why you were such a danger to what we call the deep state. I don't really care what people call deep state, the silly state, it doesn't really matter. But there is a, a crew of people on the inside who clearly hated you. So you ran the DIA, one of the largest intelligence operations and most important anywhere in the world. You were a senior intelligence official with the Obama administration. We know you objected to the Iran deal, which probably drew the ire of a lot of people in Obama's team who thought dealing with the Iranians somehow was a good idea. 
And secondly, you've exposed a lot of the failures of the intelligence community as a senior. And I mean, senior intelligence official yourself. You weren't afraid to say, hey, here's where we're going wrong. Is that what's made you a target since about 2015 of deep state people who seem to want to do anything to shut you up and make you go away? Yeah, I would say you're, you're right on the money there, Dan. And uh, there's, there's a few other areas that, uh, that have to do with, uh, you know, black budgets and, and uh, other operations that uh, the, the nation is involved in that they knew I was aware of and, and, uh, and probably would have, in, as, a, as a national security advisor, would have exposed and certainly would have, would have, would have in some cases, stopped uh, because they're just, they're just so corrupt. But yeah, those are those are a couple of the key uh, areas that uh, why they came after me. And one of the one of the parts of the whole Russia hoax Spygate thing where you're obviously a central figure for all the wrong reasons and by no fault of your own. Um, One of the reasons I find your story particularly fascinating is Barack Obama, when he speaks to Donald Trump during this transition period, There's only one individual he mentions by name, according to reports. I wasn't in the room, but there's a lot of reporting out there. Anyone can read about this. And that individual is you. He was so concerned about you being Donald Trump's national security advisor that your specific name came up. This guy was really scared of you getting in the Trump administration and breaking the deep state down. Yeah, and two names actually, me and Kim Jong Un from North Korea. So, right, right. That's and correct. that's and that's a, you know, and that 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 story has been told. And I would just say that again, I was twice appointed by Barack Obama to two really important jobs: one up in the Director of National Intelligence's uh, office, and also, as you mentioned, the Director of the Defense Intelligence Agency. And twice fully confirmed by the United States Senate. And then a year later, they're going after me. Uh, very, very hard. And, and and part of it is because of what I knew and what I was asking the intelligence community to provide, especially once uh, once Donald Trump won the 2016 presidency. Uh, the kind, and then I was appointed as a national security advisor. Uh, obviously, the the things that you do as a national security advisor, what you have responsibility for and oversight of. You know, one of the things I, that I, I I do, I have said, Dan, that uh, had I stayed in that role as national security advisor to the United States, there would have never been a Mueller investigation. So I, I, I don't say that, you know, loosely. I say that very matter of factly because all, for, for instance, those types of FISA uh, uh, requests come across the national security advisor's desk. Uh, had I not departed the White House, and I and I say this very pointedly, there would have the likelihood of no Mueller investigation. I want your audience to understand that. That's that's a that's a huge statement. There would have been no Mueller investigation had I not uh, left the White House the way I did. And and I, you know I don't I don't blame you know if I if I was to blame Donald Trump I I would I probably wouldn't be talking to you. I'd be out there you know fighting with the left somehow. But I I know exactly what we're up against, Dan. I know what we're facing. But one of the reasons why. I think I'm on your show today and we can talk about it here as some other things that have become exposed because of information that's come out. But there is a real uh, effort uh, by a sort of globalist elite, if you will, to take over the United States of America. And and frankly, Donald Trump got in the way. And uh, and uh, when in 2016, when, you know, the, the shock heard round the world, I think was the 8th of November that year. 
uh, Donald Trump won the United States presidency, you know, and, and beat the heir appointed uh, Hillary Clinton. Uh, people couldn't believe it. And they, and they then needed to go full bore and try to take him out. And, uh, yeah. and they, I mean, so, you know, you've been, you've been amazing. Uh, you and a couple others, you know, that have been really on it from the beginning. And you, you, and I, you know, and I know your audience knows this, you know, because you do it in a very humble way, but, but the story, the story is still unfolding, Dan. And, and yeah. it's because we're, we're already, we're learning more and more about things, partially because of this, these, you know, the Twitter files that are now coming out, more stuff that comes out through uh, Hunter Biden's laptop, which is just amazing. I mean, it's just a, it's incredible that uh, what we've learned just from that. And also there are a, not, a lot of people that continue to fight these uh, FOIA requests, right? I mean, uh, uh, Tom Fitton is one in uh, Judicial Watch. And so people that keep fighting for these, um, these, uh, this information to be broken free from the grips of our, of our deep state government, we're going to learn even more. And, and we're not done. So this story is not being done, being told. Uh, what happened to me, uh, I, I think, is a travesty. Uh, I am not going to let it define me. I have stood up for this country for, you know, damn near three and a half decades of my life. And I'm still willing to stand up for this country, and I am. I am right now in another way, and you know, on another path that I'm following. So, uh, it, it's it, this is this is something that every person in this country, your audience for sure, because of the way you you uh, talk about it, knows exactly what I'm talking about. And we will not relent. We will not give up. Yeah. We're talking to Lieutenant General Mike Flynn, a genuine American patriot and hero. Unfortunately, targeted by a number of deep state actors. General, you had mentioned these global elitists and this conspiracy, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm sure the natural impulse of the maniacal moonbat left is to scream, well, that's a conspiracy theory, which is interesting because it is a conspiracy, but it most certainly is not theoretical. <laughs> I just like your thoughts on this in general. I mean, I'm going to get into a couple of specifics, but no need to comment on any one thing specifically here. There is a group of global elites uh, mm -hmm. working to influence policy in the United States and worldwide. Uh, using the impeachment hoax uh, as an example, uh, Joe Biden's kid we know is over in uh, Hunter Biden is over in Ukraine collecting money from very wealthy global elitists. While he's over there, uh, the vice president who targeted you, who was indicated by the FBI, it was his idea to pursue you for the Logan Act, by the way, mm -hmm. the vice president at the same time is the point man in Ukraine. Our embassy in Ukraine is then working with a George Soros funded group. It's not a conspiracy theory. It happened. The George Soros funded group then has a prosecute and do not prosecute list of people who we're going to support the U.S. of prosecuting. One of them is his business rival. And then the lady running the group meets with the whistleblower at the White House. The lady running the Soros group meets with the whistleblower at the White House while this whole fiasco is going on. And then this whistleblower thing happens where Trump is trying to expose what happened in Ukraine. So the idea that people around the world are working with officials here in the United States to decimate our constitutional republic is not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy, but it ain't theoretical. It ain't theoretical, exactly. You know, and, and this is, people can go do their own research. And, and I know that you bring to light a lot of information where people can go, because I think you say it a lot. You know, don't, don't take my word for it. Listen to what they yeah, say. Please. And so, right. so you know, what this really is sort of 60,000 foot level, this is America, this is an America first agenda 
versus this globalist new world order agenda. And it's very real. I mean, they just recently had a, you know, another one of these Davos summits with the World Economic Forum. These are real people that, you know, in the likes of a guy like Klaus Schwab, George Soros, Bill Gates. I mean, we even had pe members of our own uh, administration go over there. I mean, like Christopher Ray was one, I guess, that he went over there and spoke. God knows why he did. But but these these are real people. They have a real agenda. And their agenda is a globalist system of government with uh, unelected bureaucratic organizations like the World Bank, the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, the International Monetary Fund, the United Nations. The, the European Union is sort of a test bed for them. Uh, and they've and they've really uh, they've done some interesting things there. The BRICS is another organization that's part of it, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And there's about eight or 10 more countries that have now aligned with the BRICS to really change the financial order of the world. So these are real things. I want people to go to the to the World Economic Forum website. Don't listen to Mike Flynn. Go to their own website and look at what some of their goals and objectives are to create this thing they, they call the New World Order. Uh, Klaus Schwab wrote a book on it called the, the Great Reset in 2019. So, so these are things that are real, uh, conspiracy or not, there are competing ideologies globally, and there always has been, you know, this idea of capitalism versus communism and all these things, but this is, now we're talking about sort of the, what I call America is the last redoubt. And, and if we fall, then, you know, where, where do you go, so to speak? And, and these folks, these people that are real, they uh, they have every intention to basically recreate America in in what they want to create it as, not a yeah. you know not a not a America first kind of agenda that that a that a Donald Trump pushes, and you know America first for most people, America first as a as a governing philosophy has been around a long time. It's been around well before Donald Trump. He just he's just put a really big stamp on it in a very positive way because it's like anybody you know you take care of your home first, you take care of your family first. Well, why the hell shouldn't we take care of America first? And then the rest right. of the world can prosper. So anyway, that's that's kind of the 60,000 foot level. It's very real. These are real people and they have a real agenda. And we are in the midst of a of, you know, I call it fifth generational warfare, but uh, we're in the midst of it. And and uh, and the competing narratives that we have, you know, we're trying to fight through it every day. And and thank God that we have people like yourself who and there's other independent, you know, independent voices out there that are that are pushing the truth and then letting people decide for themselves, because at the end of the day, you know, the truth hurts, but also the truth fears no questions. Yeah. We're talking to Lieutenant General Mike Flynn. Uh, sorry, I unfortunately have about a minute and a half left. So yeah. I, I hate to ask you this in a limited amount of time, but this group, Hamilton 68, that claimed a lot of us conservatives were Russian bots and pushed Twitter and the media to censor people. Some of the people in this group you worked with, Mike Morell, yeah. uh, Michael Chertoff. I work with Michael Chertoff. I protected Michael Chertoff on his detail. Yeah. I was on his actual detail. This is just shameful. I mean, an abuse yeah. of your position to falsely malign American citizens as traitors to the country as Russians. Your thoughts as a former insider about what they did here. Yeah, so first of all, I know, I know at least 75% of them uh, either having worked with them or knew, knew them and spoken to them personally at different times. So uh, th this is one, this is probably one of the biggest deceptions that we have had imposed on the United States of America by a group of people 
And it started back in, you know, once Trump won, I think this group started in 2017, if I'm not mistaken. But once Trump won, they formed this organization to basically create the, you know, the big lie. And then this was the group. Talk about misinformation. You know, they're the ones that are supposed to be, you know, they tout we're going to, you know, defeat misinformation. They're the one, this group is the one that created an ungodly amount of, of misinformation and fed narratives to all of the mainstream media so all the talking heads, all the parrots out there uh, would spew these lies. And, and it, you know, again, more information is going to come out. It's coming out in droves right now. And, uh, and, and uh, we're going to find out exactly what they did to this country. Because at the end of the day, Dan, all of these people need to be held accountable. And yeah. I think that accountability is coming. You know, thank God we won the House of Representatives this, this past uh, election. And a, and a few other, uh, you know, people out in the, in the states, in some of the state legislatures. But this this weaponization subcommittee that's been formed by the House of Representatives under McCarthy is very, very smart. And they're going to have to be very tough and they're going to have to prioritize to go after some of these people. General, I, I got to run, but I just want to make a quick suggestion before we go here. Uh, if Donald Trump were to win in, in 2024, you should be immediately appointed the National Security Advisor. You don't have to comment on that. That's just Dan Bongino's <laughs> humble opinion. General, thanks a lot for your time. As always, uh, you're a real American patriot. You deserve what you went through is absolutely inexcusable, but you handled it with decorum and dignity, unlike some of your attackers did. Thanks for your time, sir. God bless, Dan. Thank you to your audience, too. Thanks. You got it, sir. Uh, Lieutenant General Mike Flynn a guy who tried to call out what was going on at the intelligence community years ago, and they tried to take him out because of it. That was General Mike Flynn on a scandal that continues to explode. Up next, we talk with Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Let's hear from our next sponsor first. Birch Gold, despite the U.S. blowing through the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. Our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility. That's why I use Birch Gold. Diversify into gold with Birch Gold, B-I-R-C-H. I've been a customer, uh, customer of them repeatedly, proud to say it. Times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Just text Dan, my first name, to 989898. That's 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. And then talk to one of their precious metal specialists. They'll walk you right through it. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for $247,000. And it's only getting worse. Protect yourself with gold today by texting DAN to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold is who I trust to protect my future and yours. Text DAN to 989898 today. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Message and data rates apply. Here's Lauren Boebert weighing in on the Biden document scandal and about keeping promises to keep people like Adam Schiff and Swalwell off committees. They shouldn't be serving on anyway. You don't want to miss this. All right, I'd like to welcome back to the show one of my favorite people in Congress. We owe her a debt of gratitude with the other 19 who stood up in the speaker's race and got some uh, really good conservative concessions uh, that are already paying dividends. Uh, welcoming back to the show, uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Congresswoman, thanks for taking some time. We appreciate it. Dan, it's so great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So, uh, you know, uh, I, we had some hacks and goons in the media, you know, losing their minds over the speaker's fight, saying, oh, the public's never going to forget. Everybody was melting down, peeing their diapers or whatever. 
Um, as predicted, of course, the public did forget. They for you know the people move on, and you guys, you and the other nineteen, the brave twenty who stood up, got some really great concessions. And I have to say, in a hat tip to the speaker, who if he you know we're going to keep him in check, that's what we do here. But he booted Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell off those committees. Yes. So um, you know we're going to keep him in check. I know you are. But uh, that was kind of a good Absolutely. development. You can't have these guys in these committees. They're, they're, they're national security threats. They absolutely are. And, you know, this isn't anything that's political. This is for the security of our nation. If it was political, they wouldn't be serving on any committees, just like Nancy Pelosi did to Republicans in the last Congress. So this outrage that they have over um, being taken off of these significant committees where they could do a lot of damage to our country is um, is is completely bogus. And how rich is it that Ilhan Omar is standing at a press conference with Eric Smells Not So Well and Adam Schiff um, talking about their committee assignments being taken from them when she called for me to be removed from committees in the last right. Congress? Uh, so, you right. know, I mean, just the, the hypocrisy is always on full display when it comes to uh, these goons on the left. Um, but, you know, we are this is justice. The Democrats have set the precedent. They have um, they have already made it clear that um, you, they'll they'll remove people from committees. And we're just trying to protect our nation uh, from people who are a threat. Yeah, Congresswoman, you know, the Democrats. Not all of them. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't like to paint with a broad brush. They do that to us. There's some in there who are, you know, are, are sensible. If you know, very few, unfortunately, but some of them. Um, sure, but mostly they're that morons. Henry Cuellar, he's pretty cool. Yeah, he's probably it. Maybe it. I mean, the rest are really tier one level imbeciles. I mean, it's not as if we didn't warn them. You know, they overrode the judicial filibuster at the appeals court level. Um, at the appellate level, and we warned him, we said to Harry Reid at the time, uh, who was the, uh, the leader of the Democrats in the Senate, we said, if you do this, then we are going to dump the filibuster for the Supreme Court, and it's going to kick you in the nuts. Um, mm -hmm. They didn't listen. And then we warned them on this, too. If you're going to push for Congresswoman Boebert or Paul Gosar, Marjorie Taylor Greene, or anyone else to be kicked off committees, it, Congresswoman, they were warned. They said, you're setting yes. a dangerous precedent that's going to come back. And now it bites them in the ass. And they're all acting surprised. And here, here's the irony. I'm sorry, I don't mean to draw it up. But you have Adam Schiff, this lunatic, whining on TikTok, a Chinese Communist Party connected app, <laughs> and then begging for money while claiming we're fundraising off it. I mean, the irony is just delicious. Yes. Well, you reap what you sow. And then, you know, with, with the House Intel Committee, this is completely different. Members who have a history of leaking, yes. lying and being in bed with a Chinese spies do not qualify for that committee. 100 percent. Yeah, 100 percent. I'm glad you emphasize that. I mean, the, the, yes. Listen, it is D.C. and politics are ugly and they were warned. But you're 100 percent correct. And that's why I started out with the national security angle, because I'm being you know, serious as a heart attack here. You cannot have a guy who may have compromised national security secrets to what appears to be a Chinese spy named Fang Fang on an intel community. They've already shown you they're not trustworthy. Let's move on to some other stuff. One of the other things you and the brave 19 got accomplished in the speaker fight, which again, we were told was going to contaminate our politics forever. And as predicted, no one even remembers it anymore. As I said, one of the other things you guys fought for, and ladies, is uh, some, some fiscal restraint. We're going bankrupt. 
We're $30 trillion in debt. It won't be a formal bankruptcy. We can print money, but it will be a de facto one through inflation. Your money will just be worth nothing. How do you see the debt ceiling debate, which is getting hotter by the day now as we get closer to some serious deadlines, progressing? I had, um, I think it was Jim Jordan on, and he insisted that they were going to hold the line. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um, yes. So when, when it said that we're going to hold the line, um, I think we've proven that we mean it. Um, we were able to get amazing concessions out of the speaker's race, one of them being a balanced budget being brought to the floor. But before we do that, we do have to deal with this debt ceiling um, issue that's at hand. Uh, Democrats uh, went through a complete spending spree in the name of COVID, in the name of a pandemic. And, uh, and now here we are hitting our debt ceiling again that was just raised. Uh, you know, we brought in a record $4.9 trillion um, in, into the Treasury, and um, it shows that Washington, D.C. does not have a revenue problem. We have a spending problem. So there absolutely um, has, has to be serious cuts. And I, I think some of the things that I'm floating out there, we're, we're all getting together and organizing our, our thoughts on this. But one of the things I'm floating is, first of all, Take that $600 billion that's left over, that unspent COVID money that was approved by Congress, and, and um, put that towards it. Um, we, we certainly need to end the COVID um, emergency because there are people who are still on Medicaid that cannot be kicked off Medicaid. They could be working, well, well able body uh, adults working, and they are not able to be kicked off Medicaid because of right. the COVID Right, and, and Congresswoman... Sorry to interrupt, but these are people who are well above the income limits. In other words, even if you right. believe that the government is doing a good, which I don't, doing a good job with these health care programs for the poor, that's not the people currently on the program right. due to the emergency. These are people who have enough funds to do with your own health insurance, and they're actually taking money. I always use the analogy of a handicapped parking space. If someone who is not handicapped parks in the space, you are taking it away from someone who's going to need it. That's the point. Right. I mean, money is not, yes. we, we can't just keep spending it like that. Let me, let me ask you something else. Um, uh, I only got a few minutes with you. You're talking to one of the good guys or good ladies in this case, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert, who we love on the show. Um, a lot of people out there are concerned about the vaccine. I like to keep this argument based in reason. And science, there's a lot of negative stories. I'm sure some might be hyperbolic, but there's, it's very clear now that people have been hiding uh, the extent of these side effects. Do you sense a possibility in this new Congress of getting some of these executives under oath up there on Capitol Hill? Because Congresswoman, the American people deserve the truth. Um, if there's a danger there that the government's hiding that we don't know about, that tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people have been affected, I'd like to see some people de uh, deposed here under oath up on Capitol Hill and people like you asking legitimate fact-based questions of them. Uh, yes, yeah, so we are absolutely going to subpoena these uh, folks who who mandated awesome. um, this this vaccine and um, and, and also um, promoted it. I, I mean, this is something that we're we're seeing an effect from. Um, my my colleague, Congressman uh, Troy Nels, he's introduced uh, the China Lied People Died Act to make the CCP repay the United States $4.6 trillion in federal COVID relief. And, uh, and so we're absolutely going to be bringing folks in um, and, and making them answer to what is going on with these vaccines. Also, we have um, the China Task Force that's going to not just look into the origins of COVID, because, I mean, I think we've figured that one out. Certainly there will be some discussion there. Um, but we want to see governments 
um, mishandling of of COVID and um, and everything that they did with the lockdowns, with the uh, with the with the mask mandates, with the vaccine mandates. But this is very very troublesome, uh, especially since. So many people want to hide this and and shove it under the rug and not talk about the one thing in common that all of these people who are um, having um, complications and even losing their lives um, uh, have in common. This this is the one thing, um, the one denominator that is there, and everyone is afraid to say it. They're afraid to come out and say, "Well, is it the vaccine? What?" What effect did the vaccine have to cause this? Um, so this is something the Oversight Committee is going to be looking into, um, likely um, the weaponization of the Federal Government Committee and certainly the China Task Force. And two of those committees are part of our concessions um, with Speaker McCarthy. And so we have those, um, those committees set in place um, that are going to be fully funded and resourced so we can not only have the hearings and investigations, but be able to hold these people accountable. Oh, that said, that is really, really refreshing to hear. We're talking to Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Last question for you. I always appreciate your time. Uh, these documents, uh, Tom Cotton was on, uh, uh, I saw him on Fox this morning, Senator uh, from Arkansas on our side of the aisle. And uh, and I what, what I believe to be a really solid move on his part, he's threatening to basically uphold the uh, confirmation process if we don't get a look at what is in the classified documents that were held uh, by both allegedly Donald Trump, because he's disputing the classification, of course, but that's another story. And Joe Biden, who no one's disputing the classification. Now, I find it awfully odd, Congresswoman, that they don't want you to see what's in these documents. Now, my next segment, when you're gone, I'm going to play a cut here from Miranda Devine. Would it be awfully interesting if some of the information in those classified documents that they won't let the Senate look at uh, <laughs> was, in fact, in some emails Hunter Biden was exchanging with mm. foreign countries? Now, we don't know that, but there's an easy way to clear it up, right, to get a look at mm-hmm. the documents. Your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Well, first of all, go Senator Cotton. Uh, we, we deserve to have answers on this, and I, I'm really uh, proud of him for, for taking the lead in this. Uh, and, and making sure that uh, that we know exactly what's there. Um, but with these classified do- documents, uh, the real concern to me is, is the double standard. Democrats are searched and Republicans are raided. Uh, the White House is dodging questions on this. They really seem to be hiding something. Um, one question I want answered is why did the DOJ wait until after the midterms to bring this forward? Why mm-hmm. do uh, P- all, the, all of these people who don't have the authority to have classified documents in their possession, have them. And could we have stopped this if we would have actually prosecuted Hillary Clinton whenever she was found with classified documents and deleted 33,000 emails? And and probably, um, you know, the the biggest uh, regret that any Democrat has right now is Joe Biden himself and the fact that he didn't use bleach bit or a hammer. Yeah. That's such a great point about Hillary Clinton. I think a lot of people um, have yet to make that if we would established would have established the precedent early that this is not mm-hmm. acceptable behavior and engaged in even a prosecution, even if it didn't involve jail time, but involved the serious effort to get to the truth, you likely wouldn't have this. And I like your other point as well. And all uh, you guys out there should listen to what the congresswoman just said. Democrats get searched. Republicans get raided. Unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Uh, unacceptable. Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Thanks for fighting a good fight. It's already paying massive dividends. I am going to continue to thank you guys for what you did. It, uh, it was a rare act of bravery up on Capitol Hill. And we're always happy to have you. 
it was an honor to, to stand with my colleagues um, who were in the fight until the end. We, we have some amazing people up here. And thank you so much for all of your support and for all of your listener support. It means the world to us all. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Happy to do it. Take care, Congressman. Thanks for your time. Bye, Dan. You go, folks. One of the good guys or good ladies, as I should say. That's a great line, right, Jim? Republicans get searched. Uh, excuse me. Democrats get searched. Republicans get raided. That's so true. <laughs> That was Congresswoman Boebert. Up next is Matt Palumbo. He wrote the book, The Man Behind the Curtain, about George Soros. Uh, been a bestseller. We'll get to that in a second. Let me tell you about our next sponsor first. Folks, what's your gift this Valentine's Day? How about taking 10 or 15 years off your appearance with GenuCell Skincare and their most popular package? And right now, every most popular package is 70% off and includes the next breakthrough in skincare, uh, skincare technology. Excuse me. GenuCell's Probiotic Moisturizer, my mother-in-law's favorite. Absolutely these super ingredients found in yogurt can have the same nourishing benefits and goodness for your skin. Probiotic extracts can help target bad bacteria on the surface of your skin and can help restore balance to your skin's microbiome for a noticeably clearer complexion and visibly younger appearance. See those fine lines, wrinkles, dark spots, sagging jawlines, and even bags and puffiness visibly disappear right before your eyes thanks to GenuCell. Trust me, my mother-in-law loves this stuff. She says her go-to skin care with GenuCell, G-E-N-U-C-E-L. Plus, with its immediate effects, see results in under 12 hours, guaranteed, or your money back. Go to GenuCell.com slash Dan. That's GenuCell.com slash Dan right now. For the first time ever, every order at GenuCell.com. At GenuCell.com slash Dan, from now until Valentine's Day, includes a beauty box with two luxury gifts, yours free. Order now, two weeks only, GenuCell.com slash Dan. GenuCell.com slash Dan. That's GenuCell.com slash Dan. Here's Matt Palumbo discussing George Soros' shady operations and his donations to soft-on-crime prosecutors and what this all means. Check it out. Matt Palumbo, one of the finest authors out there, he wrote the book uh, called The Man Behind the Curtain, the definitive account of George Soros' role in not just politics, but law enforcement, street chaos. The book was a mega hit, is back up on the charts. Uh, Matt, people have shown a real interest in this book. I saw the New York Post had one of your pieces on the front page. I think everybody's starting to wake up to just how damaging this guy's been. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It, uh, you know, it seems like every single week there is a new story out where, you know, it's a law and order type story where it seems like a parody of reality, like a sort of Franz Kafka-esque story. Um, so the latest was this prosecutor, Buda Bibaraj, out of Luton County, um, and she was just sort of the latest source back prosecutor to announce she wouldn't be enforcing the law. So I just thought, you know, it's a perfect opportunity to, A, detail the latest, you know, craziness and how it's sort of emblematic of everything Soros has been up to lately. Folks, the book, again, it's called The Man Behind the Curtain. There's a lot of stuff in there I think it's really going to surprise you about exactly what Soros has been up to. Um, I know one of the things, Matt, you've been addressing lately about Soros is the left is so afraid of us asking questions. Now, keep in mind, the left has no problem asking questions about donors they don't like, even donors who aren't really conservative, like the Koch brothers who are more libertarian, right? But if you donate to a cause they don't like, then you are immediately to be hung from your toenails, never to be accepted in polite company again, and uh, you know harassed for the rest of your life. But when we ask questions about people like Soros, who unquestionably, we have the money trail, have given money to prosecutors who have lorded over street chaos, all of a sudden the line is what? This is definitely anti-Semitic. <laughs> I mean, it's so there's, predictable there's, there's with these idiots. 
No, I was saying there's like a war on noticing. And you see this actually in any headline where Democrats do something wrong. The headline is never phrased as like, hey, this Democrat did something wrong. It's sort of phrased in this this. You know, phrasing of get a load of these Republicans for noticing they did something wrong. Like they phrase us as the yeah, Republicans pounce. That's the whole Republicans <laughs> pounce yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So with these sort of prosecutors and I, I reported on the, in the New York Post article, there's about 75 of them nationwide. Uh, for, fortunately, one of them, Chase Abudin, got recalled. Uh, but Soros is back them with $40 million. And, you know, he's donated over his lifetime $32 billion. And I don't think, you know, having researched his empire, I don't think he's ever gotten this kind of bang for his buck. Because now one in five Americans live in an area where they are beholden to a Soros prosecutor. Um, you know, when Soros is donating tens of millions to our presidential elections, you know, the silver lining when he backs like John Kerry or Clinton is, well, at least he incinerated that money. Uh, here is going to a very bad cause. And you know, the latest person I mentioned is uh, Buddha Bibaraj. She's sort of, um, I thought it was emblematic of all of them. And her you know, latest thing is, well, we're not going to enforce lower level laws because then we can enforce, you know, we can spend more time prosecuting rape and murder. And the exact, um, the exact phrasing she used is, I don't want to be prosecuting speeding tickets. So I, I look in the list of, okay, well, what are these, these crimes uh, that you're not going to prosecute? Speeding tickets, I don't see in the list, but I see eluding police, uh, hit and run, public intoxication, and failure to appear. So you can flee the police and it's not a crime. And if you do get charged by police and don't show up to court, that's apparently also not a crime. So even with these extremely, you know, quote-unquote low-level crimes, in her words, uh, not being enforced, there is going to be a crazy ripple effect. Um, and, and, then, and then, you know, the other half of the equation that, you know, we, we are told, well, if we don't prosecute small crimes, we have more resources for bigger crimes. And it's sort of like with masks. You know, if they work, why isn't it working? We have 75 prosecutors that are not enforcing these low-level crimes, and the other half where there's enforcement on more violent crimes never happens. Um, and, of course, they lie to us. They were never going to do that. But, the, you know, the, the increase in murder nationally is the most pronounced in these cities that are claiming to adopt this philosophy. So, I mean, the best evidence against it is them themselves. We're talking to Matt Palumbo with a P, author of the book about George Soros. That is uh, piquing a lot of interest. Front page of New York Post, man. It's called The Man Behind the Curtain about George Soros. Matt, you know what? You were on Fox and Friends the other day. I was up at, you know, four o'clock in the morning watching you. You looked up. Did you have some coffee or something? You looked rather awake. I I I was surprised. I woke up an hour and a half early, so the coffee was digest. But yeah, I was very awake, fortunately. Because he was on Fox and Friends first, and it was legit, like 4, 4.15 or something. I turn it yeah, on. I'm yeah. like, oh, look, there's Matt. So Matt and I work together at this place. He manages BonginoReport.com. Had the greatest headline ever the other day. Nancy Pelosi does an exorcism at her house and magically survives. That was great. Very funny. I actually Thank texted you. you in the weekend. But I'm like, gosh, this guy looks awake. And one of the reasons is I, I know you genuinely like talking about this topic of Soros mm-hmm. because it speaks to a larger leftist ideology. And you brought up this great point. You said, bang for the buck, Soros funding local prosecutors is the greatest deal ever. Like, why bother to overturn an entire city council, a state assembly, a governor's race or a mayor's race, which could cost you tens of millions, when you could spend probably 500000 get a prosecutor in there who says, hey, I don't really care what laws you Republicans or Democrats pass. I'm just going to get my guy in, and he's not going to enforce anything we don't like. It was such a brilliant point. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I hate to say the source is brilliant for figuring it out, but unfortunately it is. And the thing, too, is like these are not, you know, these are not exactly high profile uh, races. So you can put, you know, it, it's very hard to buy a presidential candidate because there's billions spent. But you can buy a DA's race for a couple hundred grand or uh, there was actually cases I had in the book where he donated so much money to a candidate the opponent just dropped out instead of even bothering to compete. So, so yeah, and the success rate 90 plus percent, which is, I mean, for any, any category of uh, anything really is spectacular, unfortunately. Talking to Matt Palumbo, author of the George Soros book, The Man Behind the Curtain. Matt, this, I, I didn't, uh, you know, I don't give you the questions in advance or anything, of course. And I know you think on your feet, but this is a tough one. I don't know if you have an easy answer to this. Uh -oh. I, I can speculate only, but... The question I get from listeners about Soros and his activities in politics and the media, and hopefully we'll get to that in a second. You did a piece in the New York Post about that, too. But is why? I mean, what, like, I get why he likes liberal ideas. He's a liberal. He was, you know, he probably believes for some stupid reason they work. High taxes, crappy public schools. But the public safety situation, he's not a dumb guy. He's a billionaire. He's not stupid. So he knows that these DAs and prosecutors he's getting elected are not enforcing crime. He sees the numbers. They're, they're undeniable numbers. Crime rates going up. So clear, clearly it speaks to me to a volitional act. It's not an accident. So why is he doing it? Yeah, I mean, it is obviously a tough question because I'm not in his head. And, you know, I, I always feel like it's sort of a lazy answer to say, you know, my political opponents are evil and want to destroy the country. But that is the most plausible right. explanation. I mean, when I was writing the book, I read everything Soros has written, which a lot of it's business and finance, and that was my background. And he's a very smart guy, a very original thinker. He knows exactly how to look at data, and it is undeniable what's happened. So, you know, the question becomes, well, what exactly is the end goal? Is it, you know, does he want to, I don't know, demonize police, to federalize police? Does he think that destroying the country will somehow make people more receptive to future leftist ideas? I mean, that could be one explanation. But, yeah, I, I, this is one of those cases where, you know, I, I generally try to get people the benefit of the doubt and assume they mean well uh, with Soros that could not be said at all. Uh, and even with the non-law and order stuff, um, uh, uh, most of it's just self-serving. You know, one of the uh, founding myths of George Soros that some neoliberals will give is that he helped uh, a lot of post-Soviet countries transition away from communism to capitalism. And, you know, that almost seems right wing. And then you look at what was actually going on and he was just in bed with corrupt regimes buying up their assets for pennies on the dollar. And that was sort of a uh, rebranded as some capitalist uh, endeavor. So, yeah, everything about the guy's a fraud, and I, I do generally think he's an evil person. Yeah, I, and listen, you know, I've known Matt a long, a long, long time. I mean, gosh, I met Matt. I was, I was sick one night in my house, and some guy sent me an article, and I thought it was written by, like, a 50-year-old. And I find, remember, Matt, I was, like, guest hosting mm -hmm. WBAL. I'm like, well, how old yeah, are yeah. you? I don't even know how old you were. Maybe, like, 19 or something. I'm like, holy Moses, you're super smart. I had him on. That's how long I've known this guy. Um, uh, but uh, and you're a very kind of reserved guy, and I think you're correct. I think when you run out of implausible explanations, you have to apply Occam, you know, Occam's razor here. You know, yeah. you have to accept the explanation with the least amount of assumptions that the guy is just an evil guy who just doesn't like the United States. I mean, there's no other explanation for the guy's activities. Let me get to one. I don't want to leave leave this out though, Matt. Um, the, the, you wrote the piece in the New York Post. And I know you cover extensively in the book as well. Soros has really, really deep ties to media people. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's real. He funds organizations. And a lot of these media people sit on the boards of some of these organ organizations. 
that can't possibly be ethical. There's no way you can be an independent journalist reporting on Soros mm-hmm. if Soros is funding organizations you're a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, too, like he, so basically the way it works is he'll fund a think tank or, you know, an, an activist organization. And the way I link them is just if they sat on the board and also worked for a media company, um, I say they're linked. And you, I mean, the way I prove it in the book and the article is I just say, all right, look at these people, look who they work for, and then just do a search on their website for Soros' name and what is the coverage like. And it's always either A, defending him, or B, presenting his critics in some sort of negative light. And, and generally speaking, the, the most common criticism is that it's anti-Semitic. It's as if a memo went out and just said, you know what, just say this and that's good enough. Um, but yeah, there's a major conflict of interest. And, and that's, I mean, actually part of the large reason why any criticism that Soros has branded a conspiracy is uh, ironically this little media conspiracy, I suppose. Yeah, and it's just the, 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 the tricks that they use are so basic and stupid and juvenile. Like, oh, any, any criticism has is, is got to be anti-Semitic. I can guarantee you that a large number of people who criticize this guy, one, don't care, and other people don't even know he's, he's Jew. I don't even, who cares? There's nothing to do with the debate at all, zero. It's like, you know, my wife's Colombian. Not from South Carolina, from the country of Colombia. You know, she's my wife is a right winger. She's a conservative. You know, if you criticize her, why get to say, "Oh, you're definitely, definitely anti-Hispanic. You don't like brown people." I mean, it's so juvenile. <laughs> I know. Maybe we should. It's right, Matt. I'm going to get another promo promo in for the book. The book is excellent, folks. It was a bestseller. It's going to be a bestseller again. It's called "The Man Behind the Curtain." It's about George Soros, and I promise you, there's stuff in there you have not heard and have not seen before. A guy is up to some no good stuff. Matt, thanks a lot for your time. We appreciate it. My pleasure, Dan. Thanks for talking. That was Matt Palumbo, again, author of the book, The Man Behind the Curtain. We'd like to thank our final sponsor for bringing this podcast to you. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust. Listen, does it make sense that the company you control is half of online retail? Also, passively eavesdrops on your private conversations at home. What about the idea that a single company controls 90% of internet searches and gets to track everything you do in your smartphone? That's no good. Big tech profits by exploiting your personal data. Ladies and gentlemen, if something's free online, that means you're the product. Put a layer of protection between your online activity and these big tech juggernauts. Use ExpressVPN. Sadly, every site you visit, video you watch, or message you send gets tracked in data mine. But when you run ExpressVPN on your device, the software hides your IP address, making your activity harder to trace and sell to publishers. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your internet data to keep you safe from hackers on your network. Doesn't slow your connection. That's why it's rated the number one VPN by Mashable and Tech Radar. Download the app on your phone or computer. Tap one button and you're protected. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust. Visit expressvpn.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, and get an extra three months free and a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Thanks for listening to this special Sunday podcast we put together for you. You can hear me every weekday across the country and over 300 radio stations. Just go to Bongino.com. Click on Station Finder to find out where I'm on near you. Thanks a lot for listening. You just heard Dan Bongino.